This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I'm joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Jim, Happy New Year to you. Uh, Happy New Year to you, Brian. Good to see you. I'm glad to, excited to jump back into this year. Uh, we want to say thanks for everybody to who's been listening and who write us and just encouraging words. We were just discussing that before we started writing, just or recording that uh, people have just spent, sent kind words in and encouragements, and we just want to thank the listeners. And thanks for your support that you've given to us throughout the years. And we're looking forward to continuing to, to plug away with this podcast the way we've been doing things. Uh, if you want to give us any feedback, though, you can go to iTunes and write a review if you haven't yet. You can write us through the contact page of the website. But know that we'd love to hear from you in whatever way you'd like to reach out to us, including you can send us topics that you would like for us to tackle this next year. We would love to hear from you and we'd love to cover things that you want us to talk about. Uh, also, you can go to practicalshepherding.com for any resources you would like to uh, be helped with with our ministry. We've got a lot of exciting things we're looking to do this next year. So just let us know how we can serve you. That's really why we're here on this podcast. It's why our ministry exists. And uh, I'm really excited about diving into my full-time role with this ministry that has has started officially as as you all are listening to this podcast now that it's, that's dropped. And we have a, a fun topic today that we want to talk about. Uh, we were even debating before we got on here, should we talk about this? Because obviously there's not just opinions around this, which both of us have, but there are sensitive opinions around this particular topic. And that is, Jim, the preaching atmosphere. One of the things that I've noticed with most pastors is they are intentional about the kind of feel, ambiance, if you will, of the room in which the church gathers and specifically what we're trying to accomplish in the preaching experience that we are are called and even many you know compensated to to be able to provide for our people. So mm. it's good that we take this seriously. It's good that we're intentional about this preaching atmosphere. But uh, there's a lot of different facets around this. It's really what defines a church different from another church. And mm. it's that style of it. So mm-hmm. before we jump into this, uh, which we anticipate is an interesting conversation and Tell us, Jim, why don't you just set up biblically for us? Think Old Testament, think New Testament, about what are some of the texts anyways, the ideas that pastors would use to try to even argue the point of this is why I'm trying to create this environment around the preaching experience and just the the corporate gathering experience. I'll give it a shot here, Brian. Yeah, and again, I want to say some of what we're going to say, we may have our, our, our tongue in our cheek just a wee bit a in wee regard bit. to certain things. I also want to say that you know there are going to be times we're going to be giving really uh, our opinion and our thoughts, and we're not, which is different than expounding a scripture. Right. But uh, one of two things comes to mind, Brian, and, and it, it, you're either going to have a, a church that's going to lean a bit more toward matters of formality that emphasizes God's transcendence. And then the other is trying to create a bit more of a family atmosphere, and that is more of God's uh, imminence. So it's 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 almost this debate between transcendence and imminence. Yeah, that's between helpful. I am coming before a king, or am I coming before my father, so mm-hmm. or my dad? Mm-hmm. You know, some would translate Abba Father as dad or daddy. Yeah. And so one is a very formal environment. And, and there are biblical texts that would create that, the, an idea that 
an Isaiah 6 type experience where it is awesome to come into the house of God and for generations churches were inclined toward transcendence to bringing a sense of awe and reverence. Now, that is that is a biblical matter. We do worship God as a consuming fire. Right. We, we draw near with holy fear. There is a... Uh, that church is not light. It is not frivolous. We, we do not bring a frivolous message. We are serious men conveying serious, weighty, eternal things. And for some, the, the whole structure, architecture, environment, lighting, pulpit, and, and the attire of the minister... Right were intended to point toward otherness, toward mm. eternal, weighty things. And uh, I am old enough, Brian, to to have witnessed really the change that took place. And, and it was really, I mean, the, the, this idea that of what we can talk about today that some would almost find humorous uh, that you would even talk about it or some would be offended that you're talking about it, maybe on one side or the other, but I witnessed the the growth of more casual Christianity and yeah. churches, and if really if you want to talk about a bit of a transition where you have you have a transition from extreme formality to informal uh, to being informal to being now almost theatrical, and by theatrical yeah. I'm talking about stage lighting, in some cases special effects, mm-hmm. uh, fog. Um, laser lighting, you know, these kinds of things, the dark, the mood lighting, the blues, uh, the blue lighting and, and other things like that, that separate the audience from the stage and the, with the music and the musicians. And so I think those are maybe if you want to try to highlight three different kinds. Yeah, where yeah. One is one is I am stepping back in today's world almost into a time machine to an otherness that maybe is more associated with high church now, Episcopalian or Catholic, and, and to the more open, well-lit family environment of more casual clothing to the theatrical, um, where that's a stage, you know, that's, it's the stage. It's, it's not the pulpit area. It's the stage, mm-hmm. and the music is very professional, and it's very much a feel of audience in theater, in theater seating. So it's it, it is. Yeah. And all of the all three of those things are intentional. Yeah. And all of them are conveying a message, with within the message within you might hear in all three of them essentially the same kind of preaching, the same doctrine, but three different ambiances mm. that are rooted in three different views of what you're trying to convey or who you're trying to reach. Yeah, I think you've set that up well, Jim, because uh, those I think those are the three areas and you know, even 15 years ago, uh, I think there was mainly two areas. So it's almost like the theatrical one, ver, d- version that you mentioned has really come along in the last what decade would you say? 
Uh, it may be longer than that. Okay, we're we're old, Brian. We, you know, we so. are. And well, it was yesterday. We, oh, it was, it was, we want to be it was careful. Twenty years ago, we want to be careful to not be to not sound too curmudgeon on a conversation <laughs> like this. But and and I'm like I said, I think one of the things that we need to to acknowledge is you and I have certain convictions about this that will come out as we talk about this. But what we want to do, hope the goal is not necessarily. At least I, I can say is not to convince any anybody of a of a certain way to approach things, but asking everyone to at least be intentional uh, about what they're trying to accomplish. Because I find in many cases churches, I mean these things are these define churches, don't they? I mean they define the style of their service and the kind of preaching and the experience. And what my fear is is in many cases in all these examples. It's reactionary instead mm. of being intentional because I think this is what really accomplishes what the New Testament is wanting us to accomplish with with gathering corporately to worship together. And I think too, Brian, some of it gets down to what are our priorities of worship. And what I mean by that is are we are we I'm going to be very careful in how I say this because it it, it, it will it could sound very judgmental in what I'm saying perhaps. But there is, there for some, the idea is preeminently, I am coming before the King of Kings. We are gathering, the church is a temple. We come as priests. We are gathering. So the, the idea is preeminently Godward, I, w- I would argue in a, in a sense, you know, and what I'm about to say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue if you don't wear a tie and if you're more casual that you're not Godward. But for some, there is a thinking that uh, we are, it, it's, it's family. This is more churches for the people. And then you also have a view almost that churches for the lost. And, and I think that those three main elements, is, is, the, is the purpose of the church upward? Is it, in a sense, inward, that is, church family, or is it outward? Hmm. And I, I think the more theatrical approach is often more outward. I think the very casual family approach is is to a degree inward. Okay. And the high church is is preeminently, almost exclusively thinking upward. That yeah. And so even like the design of the pew, it's not it was not so much for comfort. I mean, you know, they weren't thinking. Whoever designed those old pews wasn't thinking. Oh, this is comfortable. This is true. Uh, and, and even the idea that this is comfortable. That this feels, you know, should it feel relaxing? Mm-hmm. Should it feel relaxing? Did Isaiah feel relaxed mm-hmm. when he was in? You know, or or did the view of Christ, you know, put you on the ground? Does it? Are you conveying again this idea of imminence, or am I conveying transcendence, or is it that in the gospel really it's both? Mm-hmm. Uh, and perhaps some would. It's almost more. Uh, Old Testament, and it, and in a sense, there's a theatricality to it of architecture in some of these older buildings, mm. where it's like you you just come in like when you see a stage, and either it's like oh that's that's amazing, that's again high, or it's a it, or it's conveying another more like oh wow this is very very this is very relaxed, mm. and some have said you know Rick. Um, Warren uh, said years ago, you know, he wanted their music to be the kind of thing that the 
because you know he's wanting it to be mostly for lost people to come in and feel at home yeah, right. so that the music would sound like the top 40 stuff on the radio. And others are saying, no, it shouldn't sound like that because we're not of the world. Yeah. Uh, why, why should we sound like the world? We should sound other. Well, and, and Rick, Rick Warren is a great example in, in this conversation because even if you disagree with the way Rick Warren has approached church life, what no one can accuse him of is not being intentional about what he was wanting to sure, do. Sure, right. So, I, so I the think, Hawaiian shirt's intentional. Yeah, all uh, the, the, the type of music is intentional. So, so let's go here. Let's let's talk about the benefits, because I would say all these different styles, if you talk to individuals who would advocate for all three of these different approaches, I think all three of them would have their own way of arguing what you just said, that they're trying to accomplish the transcendence of God, but also the eminence of God. Right. And so... We want to acknowledge that, like that, that the opinions that people have, there's strong opinions around it, and they, they believe that they have accomplished both of these things. I think that's the goal. You're right, the gospel does produce both. And so it's interesting to watch how different churches try to pull this off, and many who are confident that they do, and yet so many of these churches are so different from each other. So why don't you take a, talk about the benefits, what do you think it's accomplished in a good way towards that goal? Uh, of tr- of that balance in your experience but you you would say your your church experience has been more of the more of that first uh option of the um the the yeah. chance of the, you're coming to worship the king of kings and you've tried to accomplish corporate worship in that way wouldn't what were the well, benefits yeah of that? yeah yes and no well, so i mean here's a here's a couple of things so okay. i'm going to say in in our intentionality so Part of it is in the structure and in the way we designed our building and the way we designed uh, a well-lit, not not quite semi-circle, but uh, in a round kind of a way, my design, because I helped design the building, uh, and was I wanted to be near to people. I wanted the pulpit. uh, We have a pulpit. I wanted to be near to people. I wanted the people to feel like they were together. And I was trying to con- trying to create a family atmosphere. We began in a home, and it was and to say this is like a living room. This is that was my. I wanted it to feel hmm. so. Our, our seats are very com- are very comfortable, uh, and I wanted it to feel like family. That that was so. That was one of yeah. Having said that, there is within that an environment as we enter into worship that is serious i think as as befits that there is a not that there's never any humor in a, in in something that is said or but it's not intentionally that we're not trying to create you know it's not one of the hey you know we're not trying to do that it is we are here to worship and we are here to worship a god who is holy and righteous and awesome and transcendent, but who is near to us in Christ. And so in how we read the word, uh, how the word is brought, that there is a a sense of sobriety to that, Um, in in the singing of hymns that are rich in theology, rich in truth, that convey the glory of God, both in his being uh, and in his relationship with us. And so I, I think we've tried to do both that, so that the setting feels, to some degree, it's 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 not pews, it's not high architecture, yeah. it's like a large a large sitting room. Uh, it's a tra- I think it's simple, plain, hopefully attractive yeah. again, but well lit, um, open, 
you know, that that conveys we're family getting together, but but the God that we worship is a God that we have high reverence for, and so. Um, so a couple, couple follow up questions. Yeah, Jim. go ahead. So do you preach in a tie? Uh, I do, uh, yes, wear a tie. I, I, I jokingly have uh, said, you know, this year I wore a few more sweaters when I preach, which I, I said church history is going to call my Fred Rogers face. <laughs> you know, when, <laughs> when, that, that, that's, there's worse things to be called. There's you know, worse so. things to be called, yeah. But, you know, but even Fred, when he, when he put on his, his sneakers and, and, and wore his— You felt like he you were in his, his tie. He still kept his tie on. That's true, he did. Um, so, uh, and that wonderful, <laughs> so do you have, a, do you have a, do you have a wooden pulpit or do you have a music stand made from piping from the light fixtures? <laughs> we have both actually. Do you really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, so right now we're, we use an old wooden pulpit. I'm not opposed to that. I, I kind of, I, you know, we, we use when we teach the adult Sunday school class that teach from the floor and we use that, the metal pulp yeah, the metal the, the metal the piping yeah yeah which i hadn't really thought of looking like that but then we also <laughs> and then we use that for prayer meeting uh, yeah. as well but when i preach we actually have rather you know one of these really dignified uh, old classic uh pulpits which i love by the way i do like old you know pulpits it's they're, they're i want to have fun. something that's large enough for your bible and for your notes and the, and that yeah. sort of a thing um well isn't there isn't there a an argument that's made around the 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 wooden pulpit you've got uh, you've got the Ezra eight connection that, sure. that people want to make. That's biblical, Brian. Yeah, right. Now I'm not going to make the argument, but I'm, I I think that uh, that I know that some people at least go there and what they're sure. trying to accomplish. Right. No, that's right. They're, but you know, but the other part of that is that a that the the pulpit hides the preacher in a way that conveys a message. Do you think there's anything behind that? I think there. Yeah. Do you want people to be caught up with? I mean, you don't want people to be enamored with you. Even you know, one of the things we're going to get into in a moment here is I think we want to dress in a way, even convey our our appearance in a way that's not distracting. I, I have what I call my my doctrine of ministerial invisibility, hmm. and that's why I get my hair cut because if my, my hair gets too long, I'm going to really date myself. My wife says. You're starting to look like Greg Brady, you know. That's really dating myself. Some of you Google it. You There's know. a bunch of guys Googling that right, right now to right. find out who that is. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, I don't want to be distracting. Right. So right. that my clothes fit, that they're clean, that it's not wrinkled, that it's it's not something that's so bizarre uh, out there. I mean, we had a young guy came to church one time, and he he wore the uh, cat in the hat top hat. <laughs> to church did he preach in it he didn't preach now i don't know i would have said this to a guy now like i did then i was you know younger and more willing to just punch a guy in the face theologically mm. rather than try to win him but i asked him i said well, can i just ask you what what do you what are you conveying in this i said because to me what you're conveying is hey look at me and I just said, at church, we're not doing that. We're not saying, hey, look at me. You know, we are trying to create an environment where we are looking uh, upward. You know, so if I came dressed as an astronaut, uh, you know, uh, maybe I may be modest, mm. but uh, I'm going to be distracting. Uh, yeah. If I wore a 1970s polyester jumpsuit or leisure suit, I'd be distracting. Mm. 
Uh, and I don't want to be distracting. You know, uh, uh, wipe your nose. I don't have a booger hanging out of your nose. Because I mean, you could be talking about the most important thing in the world, and people are going to think, he's got a booger hanging out of his nose. They or, can see, yeah. Yeah, right. or whatever. Or like, that is the most bizarre tie I have ever seen. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't want to dress like a used, you know, typical '70s used car salesman, yeah. because yeah. you're trying to be. And again, in a sense, you know, it, I know some people have even put up in their pulpit the text, "Sir, we would see Jesus," mm-hmm. and that's the idea. Listen, I don't want to. I don't want anybody walking out thinking, "Man, his hair was hilarious today," or. Yeah. Boy, that guy, like, you know, there's all this attention being paid to this Carl Lenz, is that his name, the Hillsong guy. Mm-hmm. If I saw that guy, I mean, honestly, again, I'm almost 60 years old. I, I would I'd have a hard time with my gag reflex. You know, mm-hmm. I just like, dude, who are you trying to be? Mm-hmm. What are you trying to convey? So, what you know, so the point you're trying to make is, and I think it's a good one, that uh, we have, uh, whether it's how we dress, whether it's how people come together, yeah. whether it's... And this really applies, doesn't it, to how we preach our sermons? You know, do we preach a sermon in a way that that's driven by um, ourselves and mm-hmm. look at me, or is it, you know, see Jesus, see what what the Word says, see what the truth is? Yeah. And so, even this balance of trying to convey, you know, being personal and, and connect yeah. as a human being, and right. yet realizing we're here to preach Jesus, we're here to preach the text—that's all part of this balance. I want to play. I want to play Devil's Advocate on the other side sure. of this because I think that uh, you have. I I have the conviction of a lot of the things that you have just conveyed, and our the church that I led for all those years, you know, reflects that in a sense that I I wore a tie preaching most of my ministry. But I didn't the last time I preached at your church because you, you had didn't. you had kind of transitioned That's out of true. that. So and I I transitioned and, out and, just. And, a, and so I'll ask sometimes when I'm going, like I'm preaching at a, at a church this Sunday for the first time, and I I don't know, I, mean, right. I don't know if they wear jeans and a and a pullover, and that's that's fun. If that's it, if that's the environment, and that's what they do, I I I would stand out. I would be a distraction if I dressed overly. And formally. likewise, I I don't choose to wear a tie when I preach anymore. I will wear a tie when I preach at your church in a couple of weeks because right. I know that. Because again, the goal is, I think it's all around this, how can we be as least distracting as possible right. so that the message is what really gets highlighted. And I think to play devil's advocate on this other side, though, is I, I think the churches that do have a more casual approach, because I would say both of our, you and I share similar convictions, but I would say our church that I led for all those years it still had a little bit more of a casual approach than even what you guys sure. have as a church. So we're kind of moving that direction a little more. However... You know, we're not, we're still not in that place where, where there are a lot of churches that are, that even is a popular thing. I mean, a lot of pastors listening to this right now may very well be intentionally leading their churches around a purposeful, casual environment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yet they have their own way, I think, of trying to accomplish the same thing of what you've articulated. I with agree. That family environment, that closeness. Right. And yet the, the transcendent God that we come to, you know, to worship. But I also want to highlight, there are some benefits, I think, to the more casual environment that people are trying to accomplish. And one of them, I would say, is it it is reaching people who have been burned by churches that would argue what you argued for, but it became an abusive environment mm-hmm. in the authority structure that sure. of a church. In fact, the seeker-sensitive movement, if you really think about it, I mean, historically, when you look at it, is reactionary to what was the established church in so many ways as far as 
you know, evangelicalism in the 70s and 80s in a lot of ways, especially at least I can say that out of SBC life. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so a lot of the casual environment that's come into churches uh, is one reactionary uh, out of, I think, some of the ways that that church environment didn't accomplish what you are actually are trying to yeah, to and then you're also seeing some reaction today of people coming into the reformed faith, a high view of God, and they don't want happy clappy uh, in informality. They want a sense of like I'm coming into the presence of the thrice holy God when I that's when a, I worship. That's and, an and, interesting and, point because it's almost like another react. You're right, right because it is. It's actually a younger generation. Coming into churches now, exactly like and you actually about. are finding some people with such a, a thirst for the transcendence that they're actually being drawn to high church. You know, so you have somebody coming out of a, you know, a, a, like a southeast Christian here in our area, which is which is very very you know almost in, informal to theatrical. Right, that's right. Uh, to wanting to go to a place where even the architecture is, you know, even so, I think you're finding evangelicals, some evang- former evangelicals, being drawn to uh, the Orthodox churches, the High Episcopalian churches, and even Roman Catholicism, yeah, seeking that's true. a transcendence that has been lost. I do want to say one thing quickly, Brian, because I know we're we're needing to wrap up. I think whatever we need to remember that we are serious men bearing a serious message we have to we have to keep in mind you know that when you study the the terms of the kerygma and the caruso here and that's you know the the you know the preaching and proclamation that those words carry with them and we can't get away from this this is bible this is exegesis that that there is there is gravitas we we cannot afford to be like you know one of the things it says about lots uh sons-in-law that when he came to say, we got to get out of here, it said they thought he was joking. Mm-hmm. We can't afford to have people think we're joking. And, and and as familiar as we try to be, as approachable as we try to be, in an open way that we convey that, hey, I, I'm just, I am a man, but I am a man carrying an eternal message from a, a holy God and that that and that you must listen to him. One of the I think one of the marks of of preaching is authority, and that it's compelling. I you know that I need to hear this. This is this is not just a dude standing in front of me. You know, just chatting away, man. It it, it is. These are the words of the living God to His children. Uh, into his creatures. And, you know, God even says as a father, if I am a father, where is my respect? You find mm-hmm. that in the book of Malachi. Yeah. And one of the things I think we lose sometimes when we say God is father, that we that all of that just conveys familiarity. Part of being a father in, in the scriptures is honor your father yeah. and obey your father. Those are the Those things need to be kept in balance as well. And so even in a more... Now, if I'm, you know, and I've done this, Brian. I I have preached in a polo shirt or a button-down shirt or, or you know whatever else, and uh, be, because of the environment or where it was that I was, but I wanted to make sure that I was conveying to these people, brother, brothers and sisters, these are the words of the living God. So I agree with you. I don't disagree with you, but I think that um, there is still that there's an argument on the other side that. That I would say the more casual preacher approaches, that says, you know, I, 
uh, I'm wanting to be able to connect with you mm-hmm. in a way I don't feel connected to that authoritative, you know, serious father that's coming that's coming to preach that sermon. And I I think that well, I think that's where the other approach is coming. Authority and authoritative. Authoritative has connotations of of harshness to it. Authority is. This has to be listened to. Yep. This, this is, and so whether you, whether you say that as you need to listen, to, you know that that you know that can be threatening. I'm not I'm not talking threatening. Yeah, but I'm saying that this is a when Jesus when Jesus says you know that that you know, my if you don't believe on me, the wrath of God is over your head. I I I can't convey that in a in any way that is. That's not, that's not the punchline of a joke. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Is that agreed? Agreed. You know, and so whether you're saying that in you know in your wearing a coat and tie behind a wooden pulpit, or you're saying that sitting on a stool in a darkened theater environment with you know blue light shining on you, you at see, some point you are still you are conveying. Yeah, I'm an ambassador. Yeah. That's right. of a king. And, and, and we can't lose that. That's what I'm saying is that in, in whatever of imminence we are trying to convey, we can't lose transcendence. And whatever of transcendence we are seeking to convey, we cannot lose the reality of the reconciling work of, of God in Christ. So here's how I want to wrap this up. So let's just let's just throw out two or three, four areas for people to just be thinking about on how to accomplish the balance we're talking about, that transcendence, that reverence, that that, that you're coming to worship the true, the true living God, and that family environment you articulated yeah. to even try to accomplish, you know. So, I, what you what you wear when you preach? I, very quickly, Brian. Yeah. I mean, so for me, convictionally, where I'm at is that there is a very important order in my thinking. Okay. Uh, of it's not just think of these three things; it's think of these things in this order. So, worship is pre, is is Godward is preeminent. We are gathering together for God. Uh, we are bringing to God what God wants and, and as best we can, trying to give it to him in the way that he wants. I'm going to be preaching on this this Sunday at this other church. And part of that means it's that's my heart. That's not just forms. That's heart. You know, don't, I don't want to just draw near to God with my lips while my heart's far away. And so that's that's so secondly, I am striving to create an environment and to present the truth in a way that is edifying to God's people. And 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 so singability of hymns, you know, doctrinal clarity of hymns, uh, making them singable, uh, conveying truth in a way that is presentable, understandable, and compelling, and digestible to the people of God. And then thirdly, and really thirdly, is I want to present the gospel to the people that are lost. Hmm. And I think that when we get those things backwards and we begin to think that the church is for the lost— for instance, that that creates an environment that is often can often be irreverent, yeah. uh, or, or that leads to the starvation of the saints. Yeah. So, so areas to think about too. I mean, other things to think about. You alluded to some of these, but like <clears throat> what you wear matters. Like, just realize it conveys uh, a, a message either way you go with that, and be intentional about that. Lighting, you said, where where the you know where you where you preach from. Uh, mm-hmm. How close people, how dark the room is, how light the yeah. room is. Like, just be mindful that yeah. all these things matter in regard to whatever you're trying to accomplish in that. Yeah, and, and don't just try to replicate whoever's popular because I can tell you guys that are popular. I mean, that that reach thousands doing all of these things, mm-hmm. right? You know, I mean, John MacArthur 
would I don't think would ever preach in shorts and flip flops. Probably not. And thousands go. It's a, that's a more you know what we might call reverent environment. Uh, you know, down to you know guys that that we know who are attracting you know hundreds or thousands. I think sometimes we look at it and go, oh, I want to be like that guy. And I guess part of my exhortation is is just is trying to think through with an open Bible exegetically what are our priorities. And then, and then how you work that out with a good conscience before God. Here's the last thing I'll say on this as we wrap up, and that's uh, this is a good time to remind every pastor listening to this on why you as the pastor of that local church are the ones that's supposed to preach every week to those people. Because regardless on the decisions you make around these things we've talked about, it's about you knowing your flock. And mm-hmm. them knowing you know them and you love them, mm. that will actually make them receive your preaching the most. And so that's why you are so significant to that local church. Mm. That's why, though they can maybe go online and listen to another you know, famous preacher, you're the one that knows them. So make be intentional about these decisions. What you wear, what the lighting's like, where you preach from, all that, all those things. But I think what God will use the most is that you preach out of a heart that loves these people and knows them, and they know you know them and you love them. And that's where that the connection we're trying to create, I think, with this atmosphere so often gets accomplished through mm-hmm. the relational connection mm-hmm. that is between pastor yeah. and people. So I, that, I think that's a good place to... Uh, to leave it. So let me just, let me take a minute and pray for God's wisdom and discernment for everyone around this. Lord, we're grateful for all the different churches and the way you use them in different ways, the way you accomplish what you want to accomplish in them. And we thank you for so many faithful churches that though they may look different from each other are trying to accomplish the same thing. And that's to worship you and to honor you and give you the the praise that's, that you are worthy of, that we would take serious the preaching of the word and the conveying of truth in the gospel, and yet the desire to that the church of God is to be a family, hmm. that we're to love one another and know one another. And we pray, Lord, that you would just help each one of us to find the balance of that so that the church of Jesus would be beautiful, uh, and display to the world for who and what it really is to be. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.